bless you this evening. That was my fault, so don't look at the sound guy and give dirty looks up there. Good to see you all this evening, aren't you? Grateful to be gathered this morning. Looking forward to the Lord's table and foot washing. Amen. Maybe just as we get the screens ready, we'll sing something we all know. Let's just sing, I claim the blood Jesus shed on Calvary, those precious blood stains. I claim the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary, those precious blood stains were made there just for me, for all my sin, all my sickness
Lord Jesus. All that thrills my soul, Satan Key, number 
Sister Louise Wood just asking we would please pray for her niece who needs a thyroid operation and other health needs and also just for salvation asking we'd please remember her niece this evening and then many other needs in our midst if there's something on your heart we know the Lord sees every upraised hand and you can just lift it before the Lord thank you let us pray precious Lord God Lord we just love you tonight father Lord, just thank you, Father, for this evening of remembering Lord's Supper, Lord, foot washing, Lord Jesus. We just look to Calvary. We look to that old rugged cross, Father. Had it not been, Lord, for that old rugged cross, Lord, had it not been for the price that you paid, Lord, the blood that you spilt, oh God, where would we be, Lord? Be lost doing something that we shouldn't be doing, Lord, but... Lord, you reached down your hand of mercy, Lord. You brought us out of that miry clay, oh God. We just thank you, Lord, for your grace and your love to us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just ask you to be with each one, Father. Help us, Lord. And Lord, just search our heart tonight, Lord God. And let us make everything right, Lord Jesus. Anything, Father. Nothing that would hinder, Lord Jesus. We just want to go forward with you live an overcoming life, Father. Lord, be with prayer requests, O oh God, and Lord, Jesus, be with each soul that's seeking your name, O oh God. We love you, Father. We appreciate you. Just bless this service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. We're going to invite our brother Andrew to come sing for us going to turn the service to our brother Tom after that. Why don't we just sing as he's coming, faithful one, so unchanging. You're the faithful one, so unchanging, weightless one. Oh. 
I'll bless you tonight. Amen. He's our rock in time of trouble. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to give a word of uh, thanksgiving from our family. And they didn't ask me to do this, and I didn't even plan to do this because I planned this song before Friday happened. But um, some of you know my dad was in a, a pretty, pretty bad car wreck, um, which obviously car wrecks are never planned. Um, and uh, we just want to thank the Lord for his hand of protection. As dad walked away with no broken bones, a couple of scratches and bruises, and um, he was traveling about 55 miles an hour, which is over 80 kilometers, and a car turned right in front of him. There was no skid marks. Even his foot was still on the accelerator and came to a, a stop. And um, so that's a pretty big impact. But he walked away from there, and the doctors, the nurses and doctors said there was someone watching out for you. And as believers, we know that's true. Amen. So uh, thank you to all the prayers that have gone up. He's doing well. He, he would have loved to have been here tonight just resting at home. So um, if you could just remember in prayer. And, uh, you know, he's strengthening up. So God bless you. I hope this song is a blessing to you. saw the cross he carried up to Calvary's hill and I never saw the precious blood that my Savior spilled and I never heard the mob that cried, oh, let him be crucified. No, I never saw it, but I believe for me he died. And every step he Where he was crew. 
crucified No, I never saw it But I believe for me It was He died And every step He took To Calvary And every evening amen make it personal apply it to your life he died for me and he would have died for only me if that's what it took amen thank you brother andrew brothers for playing amen we're gonna invite our brother tom to come why don't we just sing the blood will uh jesus blood not will never lose power it reaches to the highest mountain thank you for it reaches to the Yes, the love that gives me so 
That's what I love about the blood. It will never, ever, 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 ever. Can I say ever again? Ever lose its power. Amen. For it reaches to the highest mountain, lowest valley. But where was the blood before the earth was made? Where was that blood? It was in the word himself. So the blood was in Christ. Before the worlds were framed, was in the word. So then when the word came manifested, the blood had to be released. And by the releasing of that blood, it has given the church power to overcome every situation. Can you say amen? We're remembering Calvary because Calvary was a victory. Amen. He didn't stay on the cross. He rose again. And he's alive. And he's living in me. Nice to see you all here at this communion time where we can gather as a body. Jonas, hope I saw you somewhere around here. There you are. The body coming together, being one. And it's nice to see everybody here. Amen. Sister Elizabeth, God bless you. We've been praying and believing that the God of glory and grace will just flood your soul. It's a special time because if it wasn't for this blood, we had no hope to see that next dimension. No hope at all. Let's bow our heads, please. What could save a sinner such as I? Lord, and turn my sorrow into bliss. <laughs> Truly, it's the blood. It keeps us, delivers us, saves us, heals us. Everything is in the blood of the Lamb. And so tonight, Lord, as we come around the communion table, believers that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, saved by the blood of the Lamb. I pray, Father God, you'll be high and lifted up in all of our hearts as we do this in remembrance of you. I pray, God, whoever takes that broken bread and drinks from that cup, Lord, that they realize it's the very life of God. These are just symbols, Lord, of the promise of God. That if you do these things, as we said in the pastor study, happy are ye. And we're indeed happy to remember what Calvary's all about. So, Father, bless your people, bless the saints, bless the word and the speaker, we pray in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Let's just sing now one little chorus. Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Don't ever leave me alone.
Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. Thank you, musicians. Thank you so much. Amen. Revelation chapter 1. I understand the brothers are here from Montreal for a week. So we've got to get some fellowship in. Amen. I said three and there's four, right? Well, it had to be four then because the fourth man walked in the fire. <laughs> so God bless you. Nice to have you here. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like you to take a little thought. The blood shall never lose its power, part three, four, or whatever it is. We might as well just keep on going because it's all about the blood. So let's uh, read from Revelation chapter 1, verse 18 together. Let's do 17 because John is being very explicit here. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and he that liveth and alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. I believe the church of God can say, Amen. Amen. I want to read it one more time, verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. So a lot of times we look at the death, but we need to look at the living and the reason for the death. Calvary had a purpose. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, as we've read now your word, we pray that the author of it will inspire it to each and every one of us, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. Nobody, can I say nobody, battle and won like our five-star general. Uh, just a second here. I just want you to, I wanted to sink in here. Nobody battled and won like our five-star general. Amen. Remember, saints of God, as we do this in remembrance of him, when Jesus was born. Brother Bram called him Teeny Jehovah. That's a big name. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. You got it. That was a big name for a little for a little thing. Teeny Jehovah. Can I ask you a question? Can he learn anything? If you're Jehovah, you're Jehovah. Teeny Jehovah. As Jesus grew, 
And it was not a small thing to walk, whether it be in Jerusalem, in Caesarea, it doesn't matter what city you want to say, the cross was a common sight. There wasn't just three crosses ever on a hill called Calvary. Depending what emperor was on the throne, they crucified many. And yet, as Jesus was growing up, did he realize or did he know? I asked the question, was that my fate? Nobody battled and won like this Jesus. There are many people today that are being murdered, killed, war-torn, and our hearts are ripped out of our being. We sit in a lovely church in a lovely atmosphere, and people are living in the horrors of war and running with their lives, with their little children in their hands, and grandmas with despair and despondency, and don't know where to turn and where to go because they don't know whether the next city is going to be bombed. We need to start realizing, saints of God, what Calvary is about. Calvary is not just an ev the, the one event, but I say it's of many events. Calvary was a space of time that took place that brought Jesus to redeem fallen man. But if he had just hung on the cross and stayed in the tomb, we'd have nothing to preach. Because there's many that hung on the cross and never rose again. But there's one that said, I lay my life down and I have power to lift it up again. Amen. So we're not just talking about a man on the cross. We're talking about the God-man that hung on a cross. And he hung on a cross for you and I. And as daddies, he hung on a cross for your wives. And for the mummies, he hung on a cross for your children. And for the children, he hung on a cross for you. And for single people, he hung on the cross for you. The cross is all encompassing. He was a great warrior. Anybody here ever went to school and heard about Oliver Cromwell? Brother Tim has shaking his head. I got two. I got three, four, five, six. Oliver Cromwell. Well, Oliver Cromwell was a field commander. And he fought for freedom of religion. And thus he was then called the Lord Protector of the Commonwealth. What a title. The Lord Protector of the Commonwealth? Protecting against the Church of England, against Rome. They said when Oliver Cromwell came on the battlefield... It was like 10,000 men. What inspiration was it when Oliver Cromwell 
rode his horse into battle. They said when the army was in array and they were fighting, the men looked and saw Oliver Cromwell and they just decimated the enemy. They said when he stepped in battle, it was like 10,000 men. That's history. That's not Tom Ray. Then we have Napoleon. When he appeared in battle, they just shouted victory. Can you imagine seeing your general just show up on the battlefield? And it looks like you're losing the battle. But as soon as they saw their commanding officer, they shouted victory and they overcame the enemy. Can I give you one more? Can I give you King Henry IV of France? I didn't even hear of him before. I guess I missed that history class. But he was called the King of Navarre. He also triumphed over religion, Catholicism, trying to come into France. And they said when he went to battle, the admiration that the men had for him because he would be at the front of battle, that they would just give their lives for the king. Well, tonight we're not remembering Oliver Cromwell, Napoleon, or King Henry IV. Tonight we're remembering the king of kings. Come on this battlefield. And he's never lost a battle. Amen. Amen. We can look around and we can see the enemy all around us. But I want to say to you, be of good cheer. The captain of the Lord of hosts is here and remains. Their captains, their kings came into battle and went. Our king stays in battle. Every battle. And wins every one. So we're talking about men who were held in such high esteem who men willingly gave their lives because of just an admiration of a man that was born in flesh. They were willing to fight to the death. They were willing to live their lives and lay down their lives because of men that they admired and felt that they were of the same issue, same charge, same cause. Here was the king coming. The Lord mighty in battle, we say. We call him the Prince of Peace. He's greater than Napoleon, greater than Cromwell, greater than Henry IV. He is the mighty God. And yet being the King, Messiah, Luke says in Luke 9.53, They received him not. 
And because of their rejection, he set his face to Jerusalem. Can you imagine? Here's the King of Kings, the Lord Supreme, the Almighty God, coming to his own, and his own received him not. And because of their rejection, he said, I'll go to Calvary because there is a bride. When we say bride, and I'm sure everybody here 100% would say, I'm bride. I'm bride. I'm bride. Then why would he die on the cross for redeeming mankind if we don't take the benefits of Calvary? Would he then be dying in vain if we don't take what the benefits of the reason of Calvary? Jesus cried over Jerusalem in Luke 13, just a few chapters after, said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto them. How oft I would have gathered thy children together as a hen gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. What a king. What a battle. Mark 14 and 34 says, And he said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry here and watch. And he went forward a little, and he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will. Nevertheless, not what I will. But what thou will. Well, we quote that. And we say, Lord, we don't want our will. Nevertheless, thy will be done. Do you know a prophet in this generation said that was the greatest victory that Christ ever won? So we're not just talking about Calvary. We're talking about as he goes to Calvary, as he's at Calvary, as he's laid in the grave, as he rose again from the grave. You know the story, but do you know the battle? If you talk about a historian and you give a certain battle, let's say Vimy Ridge for the Canadians. And we talk about Vimy Ridge and how that they won and the cost that it took to win that battle of lives. And we can give the historical event of it and how that the troops were arranged and how the enemy was set there and nobody could win it. But when the Canadians showed up, they took it and they won the war. And there are historians that study the event. And they know every detail, how many men died and what regiment were they were from and who was the commanding officer. And we can talk then about the Civil War in America and we can talk about the North and the South and, and Grant coming into Richmond and we have all these statistics and all these great things. But let's go back to Calvary. Let's go back to this great event. 
And before Calvary, he already won the victory. He's already won the greatest victory. Being God, he knew what the cross was all about. He knew what was awaiting him. He knew when he went to the garden, there would be a betrayal. He knew that there would be the whipping. He knew that there would be the thorn of crowns. He knew it, but he won the battle. He won it for a a purpose. He won it for a reason. There was no one in all heavens or earth that could ever stood it, Brother Branham said. No one, no man could ever stood or stand what Jesus went through for you and for me. And when Balaam looked on the camp of Israel and heard the shout in the camp, why was there a shout? Because the king was in the camp. The world can't see what you and I see. The world can't rejoice what you and I rejoice in. And this evening, we're rejoicing in the King of Kings, conquering death, hell, and the grave, and he's alive forevermore. No one in all heavens or on earth could have stood what Jesus stood. You say, many good men died, but not many men or no man rose but Jesus. Men have been beaten, but my Bible says he was marred more than any other man. And we've heard and we've seen the tortures that the Roman Catholic Church did the 68 million martyrs throughout the ages. And we've seen the horrors of it in the wax museums or wherever museums you have seen it. And it's horrific what they, what they went through. But no man, no woman was marred more than this man. No one in heaven or on earth could have stood what Jesus stood. But he did it for a purpose, Billy. He did it for a purpose. Can I get to the purpose? I want you to rejoice in the purpose. He didn't just go to the cross to hang on a cross. He went with a purpose. He wasn't just whipped and marred, but he was for a purpose. Brother Branham said he knew that what he was doing would take away all sin, past, present, future, rested on that decision. All your sin, every sin, past, present, and future, rested on not my will, but thy will be done. Not just your sin, throughout seven ages. He bore the sin of humanity. But for the elected lady, Brother Branham said, he knowed then that all of your sins, of past sins and present sins and future sins, rested on thy will be done. And it was the most greatest victory Christ ever won. Why, you might as well rejoice. You might as well praise him, saints. Don't be quiet. 
Our king went to Gethsemane and won the greatest victory. Not for you to look at me, but to look to heaven and say, how great. How great. How worthy he is of all praise. Not for you just to sit back and say, oh, it's nice and old story. No, the greatest victory. I told you a sad story, you'd probably cry because of emotion only. Brother Ram said, you don't have a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ by emotion. And you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ by intellectual conception. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ because it's a personal experience to you. And you know he died for you. He died for me. And I don't have to pump you up. You either rejoice in the greatness of God. Amen. You're either free or you're not free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I've never seen a man incarcerated yet when the jail door opened that wanted to stay in jail. When the doors opened, they wanted to get out. And Jesus opened the prison door. So that you and I can come out and be a free people and be a liberated people. Hallelujah. Not to fall asleep and not to just hear a story. Not just to have a communion. The Catholics do this. The Anglicans do this. Churches around the world do this. But no man in this generation could let us know what this meant. Outside of Malachi 4. They look to a historical Jesus. And we look to a present Jesus. Amen. It was one of the most greatest victories that Christ ever won. He proved his Messiahship. The proof of the Messiahship is not my will. But thy will be done. Powerful statements here. He proved his Messiahship as when he said, not my will, thine be done. That was the greatest victory ever won. Now, there's been a lot of victories since the garden till now. There's been a lot of kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall and wars fought and people lost and lives killed. But the greatest, greatest victory ever won was not my will, but thy will be done. I wonder, saints of God, if we could come to that place. Really. Really. In Laodicea, where I want to do my thing. Mm -hmm. I just want to do what I want to do. When Satan has so elevated himself, said, I will sit on the sides of the north. I will be like as God. And yet the king of kings says, not my will, but thy will be done. I wonder what his children's desire is tonight. I wonder what great victories you can have tonight over saying, Lord, I don't want my will in any area of my life. I just want your will. I got a right not to do this. 
Don't tell me you haven't heard that. And don't get quiet on me either. Because that's a pretty prevalent thing right about now. Don't you tell me what to do. I've been told what to do ever since I got saved. Tom, yes, Lord, you must be born again. You can't tell me what. Hey, listen, don't be Cain. I'm a little hot right now. Don't be Cain. Be able. Many people today want to express what they feel to do. And so often, the cop-out statement is, the Lord told me. Really? You know how many times I've had somebody tell me, the Lord's told me? I want to get that telephone book where I can get that number. The Lord told me. I had a brother tell me that one time in England. The Lord. Did I do that good, brother? No, I didn't. <laughs> I say? I don't know. It's just the Lord. You take the car and drive up to Scotland. I said, no, I just want to do a train. I just want to do the train. I know the train is the way to go. It's the Lord, brother, that you take a car and drive 12 hours in circles. You know, those, what do you call those things? Traffic circles? They do it the wrong way. I got a linear mind. And I'm going, okay, reverse, right, left side. No, I don't think I can do this. I was five minutes away from the car rental and I totaled the car. Because I listened to a man who told me, the Lord told me. <laughs> you know what? When people tell me that, I just say, you just hold on. I'll wait till the Lord tells me. But it's an excuse to do what you want to do rather than wait in Gethsemane and win a real battle, an agony of what this would mean, what this would do, what is the cost to this. And can you imagine him wrestling out and Satan there and all the devils is, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And yet something inside of him, the God part of him, said, do it, do it. You'll redeem Tom Ray. Come on, I'll redeem Rachel Madul. I'll do it because they're worth it. I want you to put your name there, Ben. He did it because you're worth it. He fought the greatest victory at Gethsemane. I'll do it for you, Glenn. I'll do it for you, Shauna, because you're going to have children, and your children are going to have children. You might as well rejoice because Jesus went to Calvary, but he already had the victory. Hallelujah. Not a story, an event. Not a story, but an event. The greatest Victory that Christ ever won and proved his Messiahship 
when he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Greatest victory he's ever won. He said all demons of torment were around to tempt him and try him and say, don't do it, don't do it. But there was angels also. Because when Satan comes up, the heaven comes down. So the devil was saying, you don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But the angels were saying, wiping his brow, something inside. I'll do it for you, James. I'm doing Calvary for you, James. But I'm not going to just hang on a cross for you, James. I'm going to cry out, it's finished. He already knew when he cried out, it's finished. He was raising from the dead. You cannot kill God. You cannot kill God. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And that's the way he does for you, Brother Bram said. In communion. That's what he does for you. Just before the great battle of life starts. Before the great battle of right and wrong begins to battle within us. God brings us to a Gethsemane. To bring us to communion. He talks it over with us. How many remember the night when you said, I can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. Then all of a sudden, somebody talked it over with you and said, you can do it, Sanjeev. You can do it. And you find yourself at the foot of Calvary. Who put you there? Who put you there? Battles? We all fight battles. There's not one of you that's not going to wake up tomorrow morning and not have a battle. But I want you to know that the God that's in you won every battler. Won every battle and secured your destiny. He said Jacob wrestled all night. He had his battle. So, you know, it's not unique for battles. We can go from battle. I can go battle, 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 battle. It's not unique, but Jacob wrestled all night. With the angel of the Lord, and finally got the blessing. Amen. Brother Random called it was the battle for life. It wasn't just a battle. When God deals with you and you wrestle with Jesus, it's the battle for life. And after the battle is over and you have won the life, Brother Branham says, then God gives you himself. But until you battle it through, you don't get him. He said, that's true communion. The little bread and wafer that, does, that just is a representation. You shouldn't ever take it lest you've wrestled it out with God and become a part of God. 
Listen to this. He said, last night, we got him started from the sick people, cancers, cases. Every one was delivered last night. And the enemy is moving now. Last week, we just battled and cut and everything we could do. But we've got the enemy moving. You're going to have a fight, and you just got to keep them on the run. Brother Branham said, when I've come to the end of the road, I've done my best. I fought my last battle. I want to take off my helmet. I want to lay it on the bench right here at Jordan, beating alongside of it. I want to lay the shield down, take the old sword of faith and stick it back in the sheath of eternity and scream out, God, send your lifeboat. I'm coming home this morning. So there's one last battle. So not only is he a conqueror, he's a mighty conqueror. So we've read or we talked about conquerors, but there's no conqueror like this conqueror. He's a mighty conqueror, Brother Brown said, since he rent the veil in two. Oh my, here they go on. Here, now, we are alive again and forevermore. When he tore the veil in two, he ripped off the keys of death, hell and the grave. Hallelujah. Oh my, he says. And he starts making it so real. I am he that was dead and alive again. And I'm alive forevermore. Oh my. And then he went and passed the moon, the stars. And he brought Old Testament saints with him. So he just didn't conquer for himself. He conquered for his children. And when he got to those gates, Brother Bram said at one place, he placed the cross at the gates of that city. And everyone had to see the cross before going through the gates because it was the cross that gave them the key to get into that heavenly city. <laughs> Praise his holy name. <laughs> the angels pressed the gates. The pearly gates swung open. He pressed the button down through the city in Jerusalem. Jesus the conqueror with all the Old Testament saints. He says that's a shadow of what's coming for the redeemed of God. The battle of testing and trying. Every one of us gets to have. And if we cannot stand it, the scripture says we're bastard born. Everyone that comes to Christ must be tested and tried. Everyone that is redeemed of God receives the benefit of the price that was purchased. Brother, the whole thing is 
We need to take communion, walk back to our seat. It means I've died out. It's an old-fashioned, backwoods, sky-blue, sin-killing religion that's washed your white. Not white washes you, but washes you white, hallelujah, and cleans you up, burns you out, scours you out, sterilizes you, and makes you a new person. (laughs) Glory! But I thought it was just nice and easy picnic life. Well, not that quote. Because he just kept on going. He says, not you're washed white, not (laughs) whitewashed. And a lot of you don't know what that is, but in the old days when you whitewashed a fence, it was just a, just a, just whatever, a stain type of thing. But what washes you white is the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses you, burns you out, scours you out, sterilizes you, and makes you a new person. That's an old sacrifice, uh, sacrifice kind of Preaching, brother, I tell you, it'll stick to your ribs. That's right. But it will hold you through your trial. Because if he made it through the trial, he's going to make a trial with you so that you can get through the trial also. Hallelujah. He is the one that walks with you along life's road. Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Brother, it is a sin-killing religion, and a lot of people don't like that. But the redeemed of the ages have loved it. Amen. We love the power of the cross and what it means to us. Let's turn quickly. I was just taking a half hour here. Quick half hour. Long half hour. 1 Corinthians I'm 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. (laughs) Ephesians 1, verse 17. Ephesians 1, verse 17. The Bible says this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding he enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? Tremendous. I want you to get this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards who believe, to us, us word, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? The power that now Paul is writing through Ephesians is a power that's unbridled. It's unlimited. The Greek says it's divine energy. 
So now we don't, we don't need the sight see dam. We don't need what they call the Colorado River that is just about going nowhere to nowhere because it's drying up through drought and they have no power. They say within a few years, if there is no more rain, there will be no more power to over, I think it's 50 million people. So whether they cut your power out by foratus gas or who's, a, who's, the, who's our energy? I, you know, I don't even know. Hydro, is that what they call it? We get the bill, the hydro bill? Foratus gas. They can cut all power out, but it does not stop the power of God. It is a divine energy energized by the supernatural power of God. So you tell me, saints of God, if God has now given us the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of him and what Christ means of Calvary, what Christ meant in Gethsemane, what Christ meant in the resurrection. And God now has given us that power. What kind of life should this bride be living? Let me tell you something. You're living and overcoming power by this supernatural energy. And you don't even know it. At least with this one, Tesla has to be plugged in to go for a ride, and you might get 250K, right, Abraham? What do you get, 285, somewhere in there, depending on what model you buy. But with this kind of power, you're going to heaven. It's not a man power. It's a superhuman power. But that power was paid for. That power was won at Gethsemane because he said not my will but thy will be done because I'm going to put a power in a church that's going to be victorious and triumphant amen so you saying there is power power wonder working power in the blood of what the lamb but where's the lamb Where's the lamb? Where's the life of the lamb? Where is that power? It's in me. You sing, I've got the power in the name of Jesus, but I can barely get over my working colleagues that put me down every day, that don't want to say a nice thing to me. You've got to have the power to live a victorious, everyday Christian life. And you have it through the blood. It's given to you through the blood. It's called in the Greek exousia, which is a power, an authority, and a liberty to do anything. My. And that's why the scripture says, I can do all things... Through Christ, that strengtheneth me. So you have to tie scripture together. 
So now you're, you say, those are nice scriptures, Brother Tom, but I, I can barely get the victory over my feelings. Put your feelings under your feet. There are only five kings. Come on. There's only five kings. And if Abraham could put five kings under his feet, Joshua can put kings under his feet. Can't you put kings under your feet? But my emotion, my memory, my imagination, my affection, my reason, they get, a, they get ahead of me. And I, I think about, they, no, no, cast it down. Cast it down. What is this exceedingly greatness of his power given to us for? To conquer sin and Satan and unbelief. To put you in a rapture condition. People can't get over their feelings. How are you going to get a rapture? Hmm. Because I live, Brother Bram said, speaking to his wife, Brother Bram said, rising in the sun, because I live, you shall also live. What a resurrection that was. I want to say to you, Gethsemane was a victory. Calvary was a victory. The resurrection was a victory. You are a victory. What a resurrection that was. What a resurrection this is. To be quickened from the dead. To be made alive in Christ Jesus. To be a a part of the body of Jesus Christ. My, what kind of that body are we talking about, Brother Tom? That we're to eat from. You know that you are the body of Christ? You know, Brother Brown said, it's farther than just bread and uh, wafer. It's farther than that. He said, now, you are the bread. You're the body. You're his body. And he bought your body. He bought your salvation. He birthed you by one spirit into this body. What kind of bodies are we talking about? We're talking about a body where it took Malachi 4 to join the head to the body. A body. He's been preparing a body. And this body is called the bride of Jesus Christ. And she is then, Brother Branham said, the very vindicated word. In this body is the very victory and reason of his death. What a body. Ah, we're thinking of a body. We are going to remember the body of Jesus Christ. But please look around the room and look at another body. Look at this body, the body of Jesus Christ. Zephaniah, if you'd like to turn to our last scripture. Zephaniah. You say, Brother Tom, Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. 
What you're looking for that, he says, brother, it runs a whole lot more. This is now Israel in the church. It runs a whole lot more than walking up to the altar and taking communion and walking back and eating your seat. It means a lot more than that. This blood, this body that was broken for you is a battle that was won so that you could have the victory over past sins, present sin, future sin. It's more than just looking at the moment, past, present, and future. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, is called what? The Lord that is in the midst of thee is what? Mighty. Mighty. It's the same word that Paul uses. You've got the power because the power is the God that is living in you to live a victorious everyday life in Jesus Christ. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save and he'll rejoice over who? Over who? Over you? He will rejoice over you with joy. God rejoices over you with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. My, my, my. God is in the midst of her. Mighty. The mighty one who does exploits, who's the champion, who is the mightiest man of valor. He is called the warrior king. (laughs) What a mighty God we serve. So then does the attribute of God lessen or change is my question. I want you to think. Think hard. Because remember, Malachi says, I am the Lord God that changes not. So then does God change in his attributes? Never. Does he change in his character? Does he change in his nature? They all overlap each other. Then God doesn't change. So then if God is a God of power, tell me, does he have enough power in you to heal you? Deliver you? Set you free. That's just the word. So then, is there power in you to be victorious? Amen. Amen. Brother Bram says in a message called Believing God, and I preached on it years ago, but there's so many quotes, different quotes of the same idea. He says, he is Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Tiskanu. He's your banner. He's your victory. He's your righteousness. You can't split up the compound names of God. So if he's the almighty and the almighty is in the midst of her, I want you to think past of here, just here. I want you to think of this. Then I want you to think of your spirit. Then I want to think of your soul. He is in the midst of you. The power of God dwells within your soul. And that power brings this and your memory, your imagination, your conscience and affection. It brings it subject. 
Why? Because he said, I will. Not my will be done, but thy will be done, Lord. Because of Gethsemane, he has given you the victory this morning or today through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus went to Gethsemane, went to Calvary, rose again, and when he rose, the devils trembled. Hello, Brother Eli. You, who were once dead in your sins and trespasses, are now alive in Christ Jesus. Then the same demons that trembled when Jesus rose are the same ones that are trembling when this bride gets up in the morning. I know some of you are thinking, I hope that's true. I want that to be true, but I want you to know it to be true. Yes, sir. The same one that said, I am he that was dead and is alive again is living within his bride. And now the very intelligence of God has been joined by Malachi 4, the head to the body. And the body can only do what the head says it to do. So what you're hearing is not the words of man, but now the intelligence of God through Malachi 4. Can we say then, to those that have been born again and as the brothers get ready and come forward, can we say then that we have that blessed assurance of a resurrection? Do I have that blessed assurance of healing? Do I have that blessed assurance, as we've often looked at Brother Alex and Sister Joaquin and said, do we have that blessed assurance of a token promise? then why don't you just grab it? Why don't you get on your little donkey and start riding and say, where are you going? I'm going to the prophet. My son's dead. She knew where her answer was, and we know who our, what our answer is, and our answer is Jesus Christ, the living word. So then if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, and if the bridegroom's spirit dwells within the bride, so the bride then must be. This is now his, the conclusion that comes from the intelligence. Is everybody listening? Because we're coming to communion now. Is everybody really listening? Because I want you, to, I want you to really see this. If the spirit of him, Brother Bram says, God, the Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead, dwell in you, Alex. That's what he's saying. Now, there you are. If the bridegroom's spirit dwells in the bride, so the bride must be flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, then how is this mortal flesh going to become his flesh? He says, we'll get to that. It's a great transformation 
Oh my, it's only for the predestinated. The seed lays in the earth, and the one that had life in them know that that seed is there ready for that resurrected life. God knows it's laid there. Now it's the predestinated ones that are now going to be quickened. May God quicken you as we take this communion in remembrance of him, in remembrance of Gethsemane, in the remembrance of Calvary, in the remembrance of the resurrection, that we remember he's the mighty conqueror. And he won this battle for you. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are bowing our heads today knowing that you are indeed the mighty conqueror since you rent that veil in two. As your prophet so often said, it was death to go in to the holiest of holies. Now it's death not to go in. And so, Lord, there is a living, resurrected king that is living within his body today. And, Father, we're remembering Calvary. We're remembering the broken body. We're remembering the blood that was shed. We're remembering Gethsemane. We are remembering Calvary. But most of all, Lord, we're remembering that you were the mighty conqueror. You conquered death, hell, and the grave, and you rose again. And so tonight, Lord, as we have this communion, around this communion table, I pray, Father God, that when each and every one of us takes a part of that emblem and remember, Lord, what you have done for each and every one of us, may it become a reality, Lord. May it become strength and may it become Lord, substance, faith within the people. Lord, we're thankful for these brethren that are standing here ready, Lord, to, to break these loaves, to give the wine to the saints. I pray, Father God, that there will be healing in the cup tonight. Lord, if there's any sick amongst us, Lord, may they look in the cup and see their deliverance. That we can say victory is indeed ours, purchased by the blood of the Lamb. I pray, God, that you will grace us with your presence when we go to foot washing after the communion. Lord, that when we do wash one another's feet, that we realize, Lord, we are washing the very feet of Christ himself, living within a people. As we turn now to the communion, we pray, Father, you'll bless each and every one in Jesus' precious name. I claim the blood
scripture out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. Brother Bram said in another place, what is the body of Christ? It's the body of believers. Not an idol, not a piece of bread, but a spirit. The heart of the believer. We're associated together when God and man talk to one another. Mortal man through the shedding of the blood brought remission of sin and man and his bride have fellowship with Christ communing with him as one body. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 24 and when he had given thanks he break it and he take, said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me. And after the same manner he also took the cup and when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. And when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Brother Branham said, we are not a denomination. This communion table is for every born-again son and daughter of the living God. He said, if you've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb and you know you're born again, you're welcome to have communion this evening. And when the brothers break the bread, I'd like you just to hold it and we'll have the bread together. And then we'll uh, have the brothers come and pray and we'll take the wine and they will pray and you'll be able to take it at your leisure. So, Brother Joe, where are you? Brother Joe, you have the microphone there. Would you pray over the bread, please? We come in remembrance, Father, of what you've done for us many Yes, 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 indeed. And we're just so thankful that we can be partakers, Father, tonight, Father, of your precious body, O oh God. And we remember you by the breaking of this, these emblems that are here, Father, that represent the broken body of Jesus Christ, Father. So we just pray, dear God, Father, and thank you, Lord God, that you did that for us. Yes, you went to the cross yes, with us in mind, Father. Lord, you were bruised, you were striped, your body was broken, Father, and yes. bleeding, Father, for us, Father, oh God. And we, you've laid your life down for us, Father. And this body here represents 
the suffering that you did for us, Father. And as we partake of this body, Father, this bread, kosher bread, Father, made with hands, Father, O oh God, that love you, Father, and that are sanctified by your precious, wonderful blood. And we give thanks for it, Father, as we, part, as we all partake of it, and we ask that you now sanctify it for, for us, Father, and for its use, Father, and for its purpose. We ask this in your wonderful and lovely name, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. On a hill far away
isn't it? That in an event that took over 2,000 years ago is more powerful and more real tonight. That you're sitting around this broken body, holding it within your hand, and Jesus saying, Do this in remembrance of me. To know that he had Raymond on his mind, Sister Zoe on his mind, that he was willing to go through all of this pain and suffering so that the Carroll family could be in a row, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. What amazing grace this is. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me let's partake together Good body. 
marred more than any other man. How grateful I am for Calvary. Oh God, how great you are. To thank the Lord we could be a part of this great plan of God. Singeth the very life of God. How blessed we are, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Lord, this is just not a formality, Lord. This is something we've loved to do. To realize the grace of God that you have opened our eyes to see the glory of the Lord. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory to the Lamb. I bless your name, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Wonderful Jesus. And after the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had stopped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Brother Glenn, would you pray, please? Precious Heavenly Father, we come solemnly, Lord, to this table, Lord, and just knowing that you shed our, your blood for us, O oh God. Lord, where would we be, O oh God? Can't even imagine. Without that blood, O oh God, where would we be? You came to redeem us, unworthy as we are. But you came because you knew that we were yours from the foundation of the world. Lord, we thank you for your blood that you shed for us on Calvary. May we not take this without sincerity, O oh God, to know what you did for us, Lord Jesus. We just pray you bless each one as they partake, O oh God, of this emblem, Lord, of your blood. And Lord, may we receive our healing. May we receive everything we need from you, Lord Jesus, for everything was in that blood. We thank you now. Commit this time now into your hands. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Passes to you, you're free to partake of it at your leisure. God bless you. He touched me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me.
already done in that cup in that cup in that broken body it's done saints. it's done sister Francine it's done 
Amen. We believe in a total deliverance. Done. Amen. Brother Evia, it's done. He did it for one. He can do it for others. It's done. Did he save you? It's done. He cannot save you to lose you. It's done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's the house of praise. The house of magnify the king of kings. Glory. The greatest victory was Gethsemane. And because of Gethsemane, we can praise him tonight, saints. Hallelujah. Think about it, Brother Greg. Think about it. If it wasn't for Calvary, where would your family be? I say the church of the living God can praise his holy name. The goodness of God, the goodness of God before we turn.
been running after, running after, running after me. Well, the scripture says in John 13, verse 2, And when the supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things unto his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from the supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And after he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, don't dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said, Unto him, what I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Now, Brother Bram says, he said, Now, God left us three ordinances. He said, well, He left us water baptism, He left us the communion table, and left us foot washing. Peter was not wanting to go do foot washing. And the foot washing will take place. The men will be in the fellowship room. They will uh, wash brothers' feet there. Sisters will be in the chapel, I believe, and in the Sunday school rooms upstairs. When you're done, we'll come back into the assembly, and then we'll have a couple of songs and dismiss the evening service. So Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. How important is that? Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, You are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know you not what I've done unto you? You call me Master and Lord, and yea, you say well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you shall do as I've done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happier are ye if you do them. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thankful for the word of God that you've given us that we can walk in. Sisters will wash sisters' feet. Brothers will wash brothers' feet. And Lord, what a special time it is and has been through these many years. I pray that the glory of your presence will rest upon each and every one and may it be a special time as we, Lord, walk in obedience to your word. Bless the brothers and bless the sisters, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And once you're finished washing one another's feet, you just come on back into the sanctuary and we'll close the service. God bless you.
I have a, a request. I've been asking Michael to get everybody ready. How about the choir come on up and sing the blood again? Did everybody like that? I would too. Why don't you come on up? You know who's in the choir. You say, hmm? Oh boy. We might as well rejoice. Amen. I wanted to sing it the other night after the service, but the service got long. So, well, here you are and here we are. And, okay. All right. Amen. Are you happy tonight? Happy to know we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Do you know what it is not to have, not to wonder where you're going when you die?
that paid my way death its price and when it flowed down from the cross my sins were gone my sins forgot and there is a precious blood that gave me life and in three days he breathed again and rose to stand in mighty faith so I come to tell you Tell you that he drives
the grave that tried to hide this precious blood that gave me life but in three days he breathed again and rose to stand in my defense so I come to tell you he's alive to tell you that he's
You know what? It's only 6.50. Like, wow, the night is young. <laughs> Amen. He stretches the heavens like curtains before him. He forms every star and calls them by name. That blows my mind every time that I've read that scripture or read the song. Wow. Every star. You look up tonight if you can see the sky. <laughs> Through our clouds and just think about it. He knows them by name. Amen. Let's sing that. He stretches the
is like unto our God. Brother Kyle, could I invite you to greet and dismiss the people in prayer? My goodness, we haven't heard your voice for a long time here. An honor to have you come down and dismiss us. What a day. We haven't had many double Sunday service days in a while, haven't we? My. It was good. It was good. It was my first communion here for a long, long time, actually prior to COVID. Many of us, the Americans, and some of us went down. We had communion last time we were at the camp, but it was glorious to be able to be together with everybody today. Amen. What a precious time for the cow. God bless everybody. It's good to be here with you. Amen. <laughs> I love communion. Amen. I love the happiness after doing it. Jesus said, happy are ye if you do these things. Amen. He's vindicating what he said. If you do these things, you'll be happy. Let's not overlook the vindication of fulfilling his word. Amen. Oh my. But it's just good to be with you. We're fighting the battle on the island. And uh, just a quick thank you. Two weeks ago on Wednesday, um, we were able to get a prayer request for Brother Noah Motley, who was having a seizure, and you prayed for him at the end of service, and it's just, it means a lot. So thank you for uh, continuing to lift him up in prayer. He was baptized a couple weeks ago. We baptized him in a cold lake, so that was nice. But um, if you feel a burden for him, just keep praying for him. And once there's a full deliverance, I'll let you know, or someone will let you know. We just appreciate that, amen? You know, the Lord gives burdens for a purpose, so if the Lord gives you a burden to say a good word to somebody or pray for somebody, just, just follow that along, amen? That's how the body works. So we're happy to be with you, and we'll just pray, and then have a wonderful week. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we have one Father, one God, Lord Jesus, and we are your children, a many-membered body, Lord. Oh, what a wonderful family it is, Father. Lord Jesus, you gave yourself a ransom for all, and we, be happen, we happen to be those who appreciate it, Lord, who believe it, Father, who receive it, Lord Jesus. We are those that value that bread, that body that was broken for us, Lord. One bread for many people, Lord Jesus, broken. We thank you, Lord. We all get to receive the same benefits of salvation, Lord. A down payment that's able to bring us into a new body. Lord, we just commit everybody that's here into your hands, Father. You know the needs. Everybody has a need, Lord Jesus. Everybody desires you to help them somehow, some way, Lord. For healing, for direction, for guidance, Father. And Lord, may we just help you also, Lord. Be pleasing unto you, Lord Jesus. May we be irresistible to you, Lord. May our conduct just draw you so close every day, Father. And may we feel you or not, Lord Jesus. Let us just know that you care and that you're aware of us, Lord. And Lord, though you tarry, the vision tarries sometimes. Let, give us the ability to worship while we wait, Lord. You will fulfill your word, Lord. You're not a man that lies, Lord. Oh God, we love you. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. May you bless the deacons, bless their wives. Communion's a lot of work, Lord Jesus. So Lord, a special blessing upon those who labored to make this night possible. Blessing upon those who are laboring for the 50th year anniversary meetings, Lord Jesus. We appreciate those who labor behind the scenes, Lord. Help us all do our part, Lord. There's always something small we can do, Lord. We just commit ourselves to you again. Bless Brother Tom, Brother Ed, the ministry, Lord, Brother Tim Dodd as he's away. Lord, we just appreciate every brother, every sister that's laboring for the kingdom of God. Lord, we're so glad that we can serve you, Lord. The world is going so crazy and so insane, Lord. We're so glad you've enlightened us. So we know you, we know your will. We've received a message, Lord. Oh God, it's keeping us, it's making us different. 
We thank you, Lord Jesus. It's just, it's hard to part ways this evening, Lord, but may you go with each one, Father, in our cars, to our bedrooms, Lord, when we're, we're alone maybe and we don't feel the excitement of singing songs. May you draw close, Lord. Lord, just if we whisper a prayer and say, Lord, come, fellowship with me, Lord. Make yourself real to me, Lord. That's what I prayed 17 years ago, Lord. If this Bible is real, make yourself real to me, God. And in a day, you did it, Father. And day by day, you just keep leading and guiding, Lord. And we make mistakes and ups and downs, Lord. And we go through deserts sometimes, but you're there, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. You're there, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, you are faithful. We just love you, Lord. Bless those who go to prayer meeting tomorrow, Lord Jesus. Anoint them, Lord. Anoint those in their secret closet, Lord Jesus. Bless the children, God. Oh, Lord, how we so appreciate them. And we know that this generation is very wicked, Lord. But you're, more, you're greater than the wickedness, Father. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, Lord. Thank you, Father. Again, we just commit ourselves to you. Blessings upon everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, I don't get a choir behind me that often, do I? Do we sing one more? And what else are you going to do today? What's the worship song that we sing? Yeah, hmm? Joe? God will not reject your prayer.
every day in the service just worshiping God. God be with you, saints of God. Have a wonderful week. And choir, thank you for being instrumental in Jesus. God bless you. Amen. Well, tomorrow night is family prayer night. I'm looking forward to a wonderful evening. Eight o'clock, we start. And the sisters, oh, thank you. And of course, the sisters and children are, are so welcome to come. So God be with you as you greet one another. God bless you until we meet again. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.